to the Fantasy Fam Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Chris, coming at you from Rain Man Studios here in Northern Jersey. I'm on the mic with my brother, Sven, and our cousin, Kile. Week 12 is upon us. With only two or three weeks left until the fantasy playoffs, let's hope you didn't start Kyle Allen or Phillip Rivers last week. Yikes. We're here to help you put your bad starts behind you, navigate your fantasy roster, and set this week's best lineup. Cards, Chiefs, Chargers, and the Vikings are all off this week, which obviously includes some quality fantasy contributors. So let's jump right in. Week 12, start them or sit them. Kyle, give us a strong start this week. Okay, so my first guy is somebody who burned so many bridges last week. Okay, and including mine, I almost missed out on the playoffs, but I made it, thankfully, and he did me no justice whatsoever, and that is Tevin Coleman. Uh, Tevin Coleman absolutely blew chunks last week. 12 attempts, 14 yards. His long run of the day was four yards. Uh, That's pretty good. Yeah, not good. He he salvaged something with the three receptions for 48 yards. But other than that, against a pretty terrible Arizona defense, he somehow found a way to just be absolutely awful. So I I have faith in him this week. Granted, it is going to be minimal because without Breda, I'm not sure what Tevin Coleman is because I think they, they exist nicely as a tandem backfield. But when it's just him and they zone in on just him, I'm not sure how successful he can actually be. And I drafted him this year. I wasn't afraid of it. I took him in that fifth, sixth, seventh round, wherever it was. But he has a matchup this week against Green Bay. And this is going to be – I think this is a Sunday night game. So it's going to yes. be the, yeah, the prime game. time game uh, against a really good Packers team. And what I thought was a, a good Packers defense. Until they started I, off. They started off right, good, though. Until I dove into it a little bit more, and I saw that the Packers defense really isn't that great this year. Okay, so they are go- he's going up against a team that's allowing just under two, 127 yards per game on the ground. So if you actually look back at the last four games um, against teams that have played uh, the Packers, CMC who ran for 108, uh, the Chargers who ran for 159, Kansas City who only ran for 88, but then Oakland who ran for 155 yards against this Green Bay defense. They are pretty porous. Okay? They've always been you know, known as that they have a pretty good secondary with some of those young cornerbacks, but their front seven hasn't been able to stop the run. I think in a bounce-back game, Tevin Coleman has a very, very good one. I'm, to- I'm talking about a touchdown. I'm talking about 80-plus total yards, four or five receptions. I think he actually puts it all together this week and has a good game in a primetime game against Green Bay. They're going to need him this week if they want a chance to win, especially because Debo is a little banged up, questionable right now. Jimmy G is going to rely heavily on uh, Tevin Coleman. I think he's going to have a good week. He's had only two good games this year. I know. I know. He has. He did miss some time. However, he does have uh, three games this season with the rushing touchdown and the receiving. You know, he has one receiving touchdown. So six total touchdowns, missed some time. But he's always been a guy that never got, you know, 20. Heavy volume, exactly. He was never a 20 carry, five reception kind of guy. He was always, you know, a a 12 or 13, um, you know, rushing attempts, three or four receptions. But his efficiency was always through the roof. I mean, you go back three years, whatever it was, when him and Devonta were awesome, you know, ground and pound kind of running backs. He was and the second guy, though. He averaged like 10 or 11 receiving yards per, uh, yards per reception. I mean, he, they were unbelievable for a running back. So I do think he puts it somewhat all together this year, uh, this week, against Green Bay, and for that reason, I'm starting him this week. Tevin. 
Cool, man. Like, uh, chances like are you probably are starting him, right? I mean, who else do you have? That's the, well, that's, that's the question. You know well, what I mean? It's like, we don't want to, we don't want to offer obvious answers. You don't want to offer, you know, the, the, the easiest ones. It's about those like running back twos, those wide receiver threes, the backup quarterbacks, the flex, the guys who you really need to step up to get you into the playoffs. And Tevin is that running back two, running back three kind of option that I think you should have faith in this week. Brother, who you got this week? So mine is, I guess you could say it's a little bit biased because I am a Cowboys fan and I know that they are playing the Patriots, which I guess you can consider it one of the games of the week this week. It's one of two games in the mm-hmm. afternoon. Like, thanks. Like, I think that's, that's the biggest concern that we should be looking at is who the hell schedules the games for the NFL? Because why is there two games on it in the afternoon and there's like nine in the morning? But that's that's for another conversation entirely. Agreed. Agreed and agreed. It just doesn't make any sense. I mean, give the fans what we want. Come on. At least give us, like, three games. Two? Like, that's the Red Zone channel. It's not going to be that exciting. You don't even but, need to watch the Red Zone channel. Right? Actually. Exactly. You don't even have you to. Yeah. Lap, you can actually watch both games then individually. Possibly. Possibly, yeah, yes. Pretty awesome. But my guy is Randall Cobb, and I know that sounds a little bit crazy because the Patriots do have, I think, the best secondary pass defense in the NFL right now. But he's been getting eight, eight, and seven targets the past three games. He's feeling – Dak is feeling a lot more confident throwing to Randall Cobb, as he should be. I mean, Cobb, when he was was healthy and when he was on Green Bay, he was easily one of the best slot number two wide receivers in the NFL, clearly because Aaron Rodgers was throwing to him so much now Dak is also playing out of his mind I think last week kind of you know he's kind of moving towards the MVP talk which is a little bit crazy Uh, I did predict that he would go over 4,000 yards and a crap ton of touchdowns this year so I'm a little happy about that Cowboys do not look that good as a team I know that they are in first place in the NFC East but we shall see but Randall Cobb, I think he could be a nice fill-in as a wide receiver three right now. So if you're someone that has like Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, or Adam Thielen, well, Adam Thielen, I guess, hasn't really played at all in the past like month. But if you're someone that has, or even Keenan Allen, let's say, like I think he's could be a solid bye week fill-in. They're going to have to keep Tom Brady off the field. They're going to run the ball with Zeke. But I think that Randall Cobb could be that nice security blanket for him with those underneath routes and clearly he's shown it the past few weeks that he loves throwing to Randall Cobb even when Amari and Gallup are on the field as well so Randall Cobb is my guy especially in PPR agree with the two games uh, at four o'clock it's kind of a disappointment um, but it makes one o'clock that much more fun if you're actually like at the bar or that is true have a bunch of TVs around you um, one of my under the radar starts this week is actually another wide receiver for the for real Raiders this year I know their schedule has been a little soft in the past few games, but no offense to you, cousin, it doesn't get much tougher this weekend when they're playing the New York Jets. He's had at least four catches in each of the last four games. He was tops in targets last week, and he's actually been very efficient. Over the last four games, he's only actually had one pass, one target that he didn't actually turn into a catch. During that same time span, he's had more than 54 yards all but once, Only two touchdowns, but they're playing the Jets this week, like I said, who are a bottom three defense against wide receivers this year. To me, he seems like the the go-to guy moving forward. I'm I'm really liking Hunter Renfro. And the Jets actually surprisingly have, like, one of the best run defenses. This is going to be Josh Jacobs' toughest matchup, I think, of the season so far for him. So 
I, I mean, you, if you listen to the show, you know my love for Hunter Renfro. <laughs> this is the week. This I, I, the, uh, I sure hope so. Um, well, it makes it so beautiful that we can pivot to my guy because I think this guy's going to have a better week and he's going to help the Jets beat the Raiders. You don't, you don't want the Jets to win, though. I kind of do. <laughs> they don't even know I how to lose. They have to offer because they're going to win. I know it's going to happen. I know they're going to win six or seven games this year. and They're going to royally, you know, mess up any chances of getting a top five pick. Well, it doesn't matter because they don't know how to draft anyway. So, uh, right. That's what I was going to say. The Jets could get a number four, get the number four pick, and they'd still find a way to mess it up. So, they're going to screw it up exactly. So, my pick for a start this week is someone who's actually shown that they are turning into a good quarterback. Are they turning into somebody who can be trusted? And look, I, I've had my reservations about Sam Darnold. But he's going up against a Raiders secondary that is allowing over 263 yards per game, okay? If you average out Darnold's last three games, okay, he's averaging 262 yards per game and just about two touchdowns per game over the last three. Look, the Jets aren't a top five offense. They are not somebody you can trust wholeheartedly. But Donald has shown that the yardage is there, the attempts are there, and the touchdowns have been there. Two touchdowns a week, three weeks in a row? I mean, my God. I'm like, that's not something the Jets have ever done. Um, this last game, four touchdowns looked, I mean, awesome. Okay, granted, it's, this was Washington. I'm not disputing that. The competition has been lower. However, it, the softer schedule has helped Donald build his confidence. I think this week he puts up 275 plus touchdowns. I think he's able to attack, I mean, not touchdowns, yards. I think he's able to put up two touchdowns this week yet again. He is a great streaming option against an Oakland defense that is just okay. I mean, they looked good last week because they were playing Cincinnati. I mean, they still played them too close to call. But I think Darnold has a great week this week. I think he throws for two plus touchdowns. He's trying to limit the interceptions. Why not attack that Oakland secondary? You have nothing to lose. Jamison Crowder has turned into one of his all-time favorites. I mean, Crowder's having a great few weeks. So why not? Griffin looks great. Dar uh, Crowder looks great. Le'Veon Bell's going to have a big week. I do think they beat the Raiders this week. I don't, I don't want it to happen personally, but I do think they beat the Raiders this week, and it's going to be on the shoulders of Sam Darnold. One of his all-time favorites. I love that one. All-time favorites. Yeah. And I don't mean just now. I mean, I mean – Five years from now, Crowder is going to be – look, when we went into He's this still year, young. <laughs> He's still young, when too, I went, Crowder. When we, went into, when we went into this year, I said Crowder was going to have um, – Like 100 catches? I think I, said, I think I said between 90 and 100 catches. And think about that. If Darnold didn't go down, look how many targets and receptions that Jamison Crowder has had over the last few weeks. Well, he started the season off with, what, 15 freaking catches? Yeah, that's why like, I'm saying. It's like I really think if they, were, if they had both played up until this point together, he would have over 70 receptions. If Darnold wasn't kissing everyone. Yeah, <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. So yeah, Sam Darnold. Uh, <laughs> I mean, look, last year when Darnold finished the year, he looked good. I mean, his last few games of the season, he was, I think he was the number one quarterback actually for the last two or three weeks of the season last year. So that's crazy to say. I know. I thought it was that's Josh Allen, but the last we're, split, we're splitting hairs here. The last few weeks of the season last year? No, it was Darnold. Mm. Yeah. We'll we'll get back to that. We'll, okay. we'll double check, double check that info. But this guy, I don't even think anybody knew who the hell he was <laughs> until last week. Maybe, uh, maybe just his family. Maybe the people on the Lions. Uh, Bo Scarborough is going to be my guy, my second dude to start this week. Um, filling in another bye week. I mean, bye weeks, there's a lot of talent that's going to be missed this week. You got Melvin Gordon, uh, Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook, uh, Damian Williams, or LaShawn McCoy. Chances are those are probably your starters. So, 
Bo Scarborough, clearly, we didn't, we didn't know what the hell the Lions were doing. I, I, don't, I don't even think they knew what they were doing. Uh, Ty Johnson, that experiment didn't even work out. I don't even, actually, I don't even think it started. So shame on whoever, not shame on, I guess it's just unfortunate for everybody that spent a lot of money on the fab for him. But Bo Scarborough got the ball 14 times last week against the Cowboys. He did get a touchdown. He wasn't really used in the passing game, but that doesn't concern me that much. Whereas Jeff Driscoll, actually, I feel like the Lions are not missing a step with Jeff Driscoll, who, by the way, had the last win for the Cincinnati Bengals last season. That's a little stat for you. Yeah, it's pretty wow. disgusting. I could just see it in your face, brother. It's just, ugh. That's interesting. Your mustache just curled. Yeah. <laughs> Saving lives. It's, so, Bo Scarborough playing the Redskins this week. The Redskins are giving up over 133 yards on the ground. They did stymie Lev Bell last week. He had like 50-something yards, 56 yards, I believe. But he did get a touchdown, which is a very similar game that Bo had last week against the Cowboys. But let's, let's go back a couple weeks. They played the Bills the week before. Devin Singletary had 95 yards and a touchdown, right? The week before that, Dalvin Cook, 98 yards and a touchdown. And Madison actually even got 61 yards on the ground as well. So I don't see why Bo can't put up running back two numbers. Now, like I said, he's not really used in the passing game. They do have J.D. McKissick, which they use, but why really use him when you have Kenny Galladay, T.J. Hawkinson, and Marvin Jones Jr., and even Danny Amendola. So Bo Scarborough is my second start of the week as a running back two. I think he could definitely finish the week as a running back two. Put it on the board. Yeah, bro. Bo knows bro. Scarborough. What a name. I know. <laughs> that did kind of come out of nowhere, too, honestly. But he looked, uh, he looked good and he got the ball. Exactly. So let's hope the Colts continue to follow that pattern and give it to Jonathan Williams all night long. They seem to. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's hope so. Thursday night football, baby. You never know what's going to happen. So my second must start of the week with a bunch of solid quarterbacks being on by this week, I have a quarterback as well for you. And it, it does feel kind of crazy saying because he said such a poor season, but I think the, uh, the schedule really opens up for him now moving forward. And they are playing the Dolphins. He had a bounce back game last week against the Steelers, Baker Mayfield, in a primetime spot. They actually won the game. And what's crazy to me is that he was being hyped as a potential top 10, even top five quarterback going into the season. I picked him up on waivers in week 12. Like, that, that sounds kind of crazy. That, that's the kind of season that he's had, honestly. And the Browns have kind of, you know, nosedived a bit. But we dropped him in one league, brother. Yeah, he's, 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 <laughs> barely in the top 30 quarterbacks and there's only 32 teams it's like it's horrific but they are playing the Dolphins like I said who don't pressure the QB listen to these crazy stats too bottom four team against QBs this year in fantasy bottom 10 against wide receivers bottom six against running backs oh boy we know that Nick Chubb is a must start every week regardless of the opponent but I do think this week Baker Mayfield enters that conversation this weekend moving forward the schedule is incredibly soft I'm not going to say that the Browns are going to come back and make the playoffs or anything, but seven and nine, eight and eight, I, I still see it as a potential, which in Cleveland, I don't want to say is a victory. I'm not from there. I'm not, you know, putting it down, but how the season went and where the expectations were, I think that would be, that would be a big win for them. And I think it starts this week with the quarterback play of Baker Mayfield. He is a solid fill in starter QB two in week 12. He's, he's looked really good, though, the past three games. I know they lost to Denver a couple weeks ago, like three weeks ago, I believe. But his 
and it, like you said, brother, he, his passer rating has increased so much over the past three weeks. Like, and he's, and he has no interceptions over the past three games as well. So clearly they're trying to figure something out. And I think the addition of Kareem hunt into the offense has helped a lot. Plus he's got David Njoku coming back this week, how much he's going to be used. Who knows? And that's so funny that you said you picked him up on waivers. Like he was, he was droppable. Like when, what right? was it? Was it you, Kile, that said that he was going to be a uh, top five quarterback? He was going to throw for almost. 5, I said, I, thought, yards. I said he would throw for five thousand yards. <laughs> hey, and I, I mean, wasn't the only still, one. Yeah, there's I still hope. Trust me. Well, he's got twenty three. He's got twenty three ninety four as of right now. So he better step it up if he wants. He's to, been terrible. If he wants to meet your expectations. <laughs> <laughs> there's still there's still is hope. We got we got a few weeks left. Um, I don't and we any, we I will discuss you know an accountability episode in the future. Yeah. So. Oh, definitely. We have to. We we can go over, you know, who we were right about and who we were incredibly wrong about. But Probably more wrong. <laughs> yeah. Conviction. It's all about conviction, though. You exactly. Know, we're, still, we're still having the conversation today, which is important. So now that we've talked about a couple starts, let's move on to the Pine Riders. So who are, who are you guys benching this week? Kyle, why don't you uh, kick it off? Uh, let's go back to the well of uh, when we talked about Randall Cobb. I am benching Amari Cooper this week. Look, Amari Cooper has showed flashes of brilliance this year. I'm not debating that, but he's injured. That's number one. Um, we saw it last week. He did not perform well last week. Um, with that, I think he had three receptions, 38 yards against Detroit. Um, we had said that going into that week, he wasn't going to have a great week anyway because matched up on Darius Slay, but also he was injured, and it, it proved to be it. He's still not fully healthy. Okay, He's had a few games this year with you know 11-plus receptions, you know, uh, 14 targets, so he has shown that he's a number one receiver. However... The injury is number one. Number two is the fact that they're going up against the New England secondary. I mean, he's going to be matched up with Stephon, with Stephon Gilmore. I think this is going to be more of a running attempt game, or like you said, maybe a Randall Cobb or Michael Gallup game. But when you're matched up against Stephon Gilmore, when you're playing a defense such as New England's, and you're also injured, I just don't see it as a great situation. And I think a lot of people were spooked last week when he didn't play well, and he looked still looked injured. Didn't He got the targets. He had eight targets, but three receptions on eight targets, didn't look himself, and I think that's going to continue into an even harder matchup this week against New England. So for that reason, Amari Cooper is being benched uh, in my book. So, okay, if, if you're benching him, I mean, chances are hopefully you have a better – hopefully you have better options. I mean, I, I mean right? I, if you're benching him, then unfortunately you have to have better options. There's well, I mean, no that's – but then, like, it's like who are you so, starting, I guess. It's like – Right. It's a, I mean, a case by case basis, but if I'm doing it just on injury risk at the moment where he could, he could play the first few series and then be out for the rest of the game. Um, that is, that is true. Exactly. That's what, what happened against Detroit. That's what I hate about some of these star players is like, all right, we're going to, we're going to say they're active and then they play the first series and they're done the rest of the game. So uh, that makes no sense to me. That bothers yeah, I, the crap out of me. <laughs> that's I put him in, I put him in this category. He's injured. He's going up against a great defense. Could he still go off? Yeah, there's a chance. Amari Cooper is, a, is an elite talent. But I'm doing it based on the, the numbers, based on the defense, and based on the injury that he shouldn't be playing. Well, maybe it's a Randall Cobb week, brother. It's going to be tough. So. It's going to be tough to sit Amari Cooper. I mean, if you're sitting him, you better hope you have at least a, some decent – but like you said, Stephon Gilmore, I mean, is like one of the best. If not, you could say he is the best cornerback in the league. And he That's got stymied by Darius Slay, exactly. Uh, mine is a tight end that – I, I would be very wary. Maybe you're going to start him, but I'm going to sit him. Uh, Noah Fant out of Denver. Now, they're playing Buffalo. I know that his emergence, since Brandon Allen has actually taken over, he has become a lot more involved in the offense. Uh, Joe Flacco, 
I don't, I don't know why he never threw to him. I mean, Noah Fant is a first round talent. He's a big boy. He, I mean, he was having a little bit of difficulty catching, but he's, like I said, he's becoming more involved in that offense, but they're playing Buffalo this week. Buffalo is the number two defense against the tight end position. They're giving up 3.6 fantasy points per game against tight ends. They are a very stout defense. Now, Travis Kelsey's on by, Hunter Henry's on by, Kyle Rudolph. I mean, you have some pretty big tight ends. So you may have to play him, but honestly, if uh, Jacob Hollister's probably not out there, maybe start a Jason Witten. But then again, the New England Patriots also have a very good secondary against the tight ends as well. But Noah Fant, I don't see him having – he had 10 targets last week against Minnesota. Do you guys know that? Kind of crazy, but he only had four catches though. So it's he looks like, good, man. It's, I mean, he's looking. Brandon Allen. He's looking good. Brandon Allen. Maybe he's a quarterback of the future for the Broncos. I mean, his win loss isn't that great. I mean, it's hey, it's still very early. You can't predict anything. Nobody's gonna go out there and just be an all star right away. Like it's it is very rare that that does happen. But Noah Fant, I would be very cautious with starting him against Buffalo this week. I think it could be. Not even a Cortland Sutton. I think it could be like a Tim Patrick or Deshaun Hamilton. Like I, I could see Philip Lindsay having a, a very – probably the best game for that team against that pretty stout defense. But Noah Fant pumped the brakes a little bit on him this week. Yeah, it was good to see last week too, actually, because the Broncos, um, they probably should have won that game, honestly. They should have. It's another heartbreaking loss for them. No doubt. You're up 20 nothing at halftime? Come on. Again, with, with literally like the, one of the best secondaries in the league. And then Kirk Cousins – I mean, he's he's good. He's an anomaly. It's crazy. <laughs> he's good. He woke up. He was throwing bombs to Stefan Diggs. It was it was, it was amazing. A tale of two halves. Exactly. If if you will. All right. Jared Goff's been mostly atrocious this year. I would say um, he's had less than five fantasy points in three of the last five games, and the only two decent games that he had in that time span were against cellar dweller defenses of the Bengals and the Falcons. I'm not talking about the Falcons of these past two weeks because they were not that good in week seven when the Rams visited Atlanta. So on top of the fact that Sean McVay seems to have forgotten how to call an offense, I mean, he did finally give the ball to Todd Gurley last week, which helped. But they're facing the Baltimore Ravens, who you could argue are the hottest slash best team in the NFL right now. Yeah, I said it. I know a lot of people are saying it too. It's kind of, it's kind of a buzzy, buzzy thing right now. The past two weeks, they've pretty much shut down two incredible top five offenses in the NFL and the Patriots and the Texans. They haven't given up more than 17 points since week five. And that was 23 points. They're a top six defense overall in regards to fantasy points against QBs. Jimmy Smith is back. Marcus Peters is playing lights out. Jared Goff has, I mean, he's completely struggled. They're saying Brandon cooks might come back. Robert Woods reported to the team today. So he might play Josh Reynolds is going to play. I just don't – I don't see a top 20 performance out of Jared Goff. And even with all the quarterbacks on by, there has to be somebody that you can pick up and play over him, such as Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, even any of the Bears quarterbacks, honestly, because Jeff they're, Driscoll. Playing, they're playing my New York Giants. Or Jeff Driscoll. I would start Jeff Driscoll over – actually, that's exactly what I'm doing in one league. I dropped Kyle Allen. It's a dynasty to pick up Jeff Driscoll because Mahomes is on a bye for me, and I'm starting Driscoll over – Jared Goff. Love it. <laughs> I mean, look what they did to perennial MVP 
second in the in the race Deshaun Watson last week. They made him look stupid. They made the entire Texans team look dumb. Like it was just bad. And Jared Goff is not Deshaun Watson right now. So I I I totally agree with you. Like two thousand percent on that one. Yeah, but he doesn't pass the eye test anymore. It's uh, it's poor to watch. Him and Matt Nagy must be hanging out or something. I don't I don't know. Oh no. They're bouncing ideas off of each other oh. clearly. <laughs> Two illustrious offenses last year. They've like they've taken a hit. They've taken a step back for sure. Kyle, who you got? The, I wouldn't say the Bears were illustrious last year. They, were, <laughs> they would they look pretty they, good. Their offense, defense bro. looked they amazing. Were, they were they would look good because their defense was was fantastic. But their offense last year was it was better than it is now. But Mitchell looked pretty great. good last year. He looked yeah, he decent. Did. He looked like he was he looked like he was ready to take a step forward. Let's put it that he, way. He had some. He looked like, like the quarterback of the yeah, future. He had that one game with like 500 yards or whatever, like five or six touchdowns, whatever. But other than that, though, like the Bears didn't look. We had hope for them last year, and what we're seeing is it coming crashing down this year. Oh God, it's whatever. Um, I actually battled with this one because there are two players I actually I, I agree with both ones that I I would like to sit both of them. Uh, my first one I'll mention both of them kind of briefly uh, is Devonte Parker against Cleveland. He's had a couple good weeks in a row. Um, and we kind of see him taking a step forward, you know, especially because Miami has very limited weapons. However, they're going up against a Cleveland defense that he's going to be matched up with Denzel Ward. And the, one of the only good things about Cleveland so far this year is the fact that they are not allowing a lot of yards through the air. Uh, 217 yards per game through the air they're allowing. So it's, they're actually a top 10 or top 12, I think, uh, passing defense. So I don't love that matchup at all. He, I think they're going to struggle to pass the ball and they're going to have to rely on some type of run, which we know Miami does so wonderfully. Um, so for that reason, he's out. My second one, sorry, uh, it's Daniel Jones against Chicago. Not that at this point anyone wants to start Daniel Jones because there's nothing Danny Dimes about him anymore. He's, you know, Danny Disappointment at this point. Oh. <laughs> wow. But I'm also oh, going gonna, gonna, I'm gonna to file a uh, – Yeah, can called? you get the trademark for I'm that? Get the can trademark. you get the trademark for that one? <laughs> Danny disappointment. He had a good game against the Jets. How, how late did you stay up last night thinking about? <laughs> he had the two. He did have two decent games. He had two good games over the last three. I, I got to bet about two. two he had. I, <laughs> he had the good game against the Jets, and he had a good game against Detroit. But Sean that, Watson interception, great. He sorry. has been oh, awesome. Uh, he has been pretty mediocre in between. One and uh, one and one in touchdown interception ratio uh, against Dallas. One to one Arizona. One to three New England. One to one Minnesota. So. He's a rookie with growing pains, but those two games against Detroit and Dallas are, you know, I mean, Detroit and the Jets were good games. However, he is going up against the Chicago pass defense. That is the number 10 pass defense right now. Um, I, I just, I think this is going to be one of the lowest point total games this week. I think both offenses are somewhat anemic. Um, and I think Chicago is going to try to just play their best possible defense because knowing that their offense really stinks. Um, so I think Danny Dimes is going to struggle this week. Sterling Shepard is questionable still. They're saying Evan Ingram is not going to play or is leaning towards doubtful. So I just I don't see this as a great game for for Daniel uh, Daniel Dimes. But um, if I were to pick between the two, I definitely would side with the Parker one. I do not like Devonte Parker this week against Cleveland. Yeah, well, you can't take back what you said, right? <laughs> I don't. I don't. Dis- I'm not disputing it. I mean, he's had a for a rookie quarterback, he actually he's had like I said four touchdown, three hundred yard games is really not a like a popular thing for rookie quarterbacks to have. So for him to have accomplished that is pretty incredible. For some, not yeah, well, I know. Well, Russell Wilson and you know very rare. Kyler Murray's having a decent yeah. year, but oh, he's having an incredible. But year. he uses his feet as well. <laughs> Kyler Murray has taken off like he is dominating right now. He's he a top six quarterback yeah. in fantasy. 
He is what I've seen with him though is he is more of a second, which is not a bad thing. He's a second half quarterback. Like he's he has shown a lot of his his grit and a lot of his like performance, his best performances have been in the second half. Like I champions are made. Yeah. Do you think he wears platforms? I hope not. That would be so disappointing. To, to see over the the uh, offensive line because he is he's like Sylvester Stallone out there. He needs like mirrors on his on his. Uh, on Sly his is uh, Sly is really really short, and so is Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray right. actually may be taller than Sylvester Stallone. Wow. Quite Somebody talented. write us in and tell us thanks. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Who's your uh, Who's your second one there, goatee? Uh it's kind of two guys, I guess. It's the uh, the terrible backfield right now of the Washington Redskins. I am just completely avoiding that situation entirely of AP and Darius Juice. Um, it it just doesn't it just doesn't look good. I know that they really haven't played together. Like I I guess the skins haven't figured out what they're going to do with both of them. We know that Adrian Peterson. Even in college and when he was on the Vikings, he really wasn't used in the passing game where he doesn't need to be. I mean, the guy clearly showed us what he could do with 20-plus carries. He's future Hall of Famer. Um, I, they both – he got nine carries last week. Darius Geis got seven carries. That – against the Jets. Mind you, the Jets do have one of the best run defenses. They are playing the Lions this week. I think game script will determine a lot of this because Dwayne Haskins – let's call a spade a spade. He's not a good quarterback. He's still a rookie. They're trying to figure stuff out. Their offensive line is atrocious. The Redskins are just an atrocious team. Now the Lions chances are probably going to win this game as they should. So I just, I, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. Now Darius Geis, if anything, if you're go, if you have to start one of them, let's say you have both of them on your team or if you're picking or, or I don't know, Darius Geis is going to be used in the passing game more he only had one catch last week. He had two targets. Dwayne Haskins, funny enough, I'm actually looking at the stats from last week. He threw two. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten different receivers last week. So I, I, don't, I don't know if that's a, a trend, if, if he's going to do that every week. Who knows? But they're going to be playing from behind unless, we, unless they completely shock the NFL and just beat the Lions, which they, they shouldn't. But – Lions run defense isn't really the greatest either. I know I'm not really making my case, but the skins are not a good team. They are just not a good football team. They're going to have one of the top picks next year. So I'm avoiding AP and Darius Geis like entirely. Yeah. What are the odds Geis is going to, uh, or juice is going to catch another 45 yard touchdown. Right. See, and that's the thing. (laughs) Exactly. Like that's the thing. Like you, you benefited from that big play. Whereas the, you know what I mean? Like the lions, like, I I don't know. I, I, I don't, I, I just don't see it. The, the skins are not a good team. <laughs> juice, juice. No, that'll be an interesting one. Uh, one for sure. Jeff Driscoll running wild. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Oh, him in two leagues. Oh, my God. I can't believe I'm saying that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can't take that back either. Except, no. And you can't edit it out. So, I mean, I can edit out what Kyle said I, about Dan, Daniel, the future dis- times. Disappointment. It's also uh, – <laughs> That offensive no, he's line. He's not even tr- looking. He's not even that, looking. That offensive line is atrocious. I'm, not, too. I'm listening, but I'm not listening to you. I don't even care. I'm watching the game. Yeah. Uh, I don't really care either. Just showing Watson in his in his downfall right now. Like, it was clever. This... It was clever. Oh, who scored? Oh, Jacoby. Who did he throw uh, to? Should have threw it. No, he ran it in. Oh, all right. Well, yeah. we started him in one league. That's good. TDs, TDs. In our sports con league, which we need to win to sneak our way into the playoffs. 
So we got him and Joshua Allen going. So that Ooh, could Joshua. Be. Yes. Joshua. Joshua and Jacoby. JJ. Who's so your last one, bro? Mine's rather uh, – what? Who's your last one? Who's your last sit? What? What did you say to me? My my last sit is is quite the obvious one, actually, because after watching that last week and after he had a blow-up game against the Cardinals a couple of weeks ago, I mean, I can't be the only one that thought he might turn the season around, even though Jameis Winston is throwing to him. His name is, his name is O.J. Howard. I mean, this isn't a real sit. This is more like a cut, a drop from your lineup, a never pick up again. I mean, it's it's pretty obvious to me that if you're a receiver or a tight end or running back, you're running a route in the NFL and the ball's thrown to you, you're, I mean, your responsibility is to catch the football. If you're not going to catch it, you shouldn't really fumble it and then basically hand it to the other team in the air. I mean... Uh, <laughs> Atrocious. It was, it was awful. It was absolutely it, terrible. It was so abominable. And the fact that Bruce Arians, of the old school mentality, he just, he took him out... He benched him, and he never saw the field again, ever. He needs out of Tampa. What's scary, too, actually, because – and one of my one of my buddies, Matt, if you're listening to this, I'm oh, sorry. Oh, God. We made, we made a trade right before the game. I texted <laughs> – I needed a tight end. I texted you, Keeley, right before as the co-commission. I was like, should we approve? Like, is this okay? And you got Jalen Samuels for O.J. Howard straight yeah, up. Yeah, Which, honestly, before that game, it, it looked it, it looked okay. Because we didn't know if Connor was going to keep playing or anything like that, but wow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, no wow. intention of fleecing whatsoever because I needed a running back. He obviously wasn't going to give me anybody else. It wasn't fair value, and, and I had two tight ends already. So, O.J. Howard, see you later. Matt got more gray hair after that trade. It was atrocious, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I lost – I gained some hair back, actually. I grew some fresh hair. From uh, from having Samuels on my bench this week, but I mean week week twelve is is on the horizon. Good luck this week. May the may the baby baby Yoda force be with you. Ooh, hey, who do you just off the top of your heads? Who do you who do you guys have as like a deep sleeper, like deep deep that like nobody's even? I got I got Alec Alex Erickson. I think from Cincinnati could be someone to possibly look at as a DFS. You know, Tyler Boyd take him out. Steelers have a pretty good run defense. God. Joe Mixon. Mm, may get stymied this week. Stymied. A what about bit. Cameron? What about Cameron Brait? Yeah, that's a good one. I just picked him up. I dropped Johnny Smith and picked up Cameron Brait. So did I. I dropped OJ Howard and picked up Cameron Brait. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that's what Bruce Arians wants to do. <laughs> he caught everything. What do you have? What do you have? Fourteen targets. He had fourteen oh. targets. What, like, and people's excuses about OJ Howard as well. Bruce Arians just doesn't use the tight end, and I'm like, what? no, he does. Can you explain Cam Brait then? <laughs> Ten receptions? Well, Jameis, Jameis Winston doesn't use the tight end. Let's, I mean, we could have an entire five-hour episode on just how terrible. Jameis, Jameis Winston uses the other defensive backs. God. Oh. Hey, honestly, he's still Maybe the number 10 going. quarterback. Yeah, and, once again, we've been through this. You can be the 10 quarterback <laughs> because you throw 50 times a game. Yes. And I, anybody could be. That's but. amazing. Throw for 300-plus yards, two or three touchdowns, and you could throw five interceptions. I don't care. That's fine. Yeah, being a good fantasy quarterback does not mean you're a good quarterback. Blake Bortles will tell you that. Well, that's an interesting stat, too, that you guys mentioned that because I'm intrigued to see how many top 10 quarterbacks have, like, a losing season. A lot. Know, how many losing seasons. Usually it's so. – usually out of the uh, – what I've seen is that usually it's not half, but some a lot of the times it's more than 30%. That's a good stat. 
we'll, we'll, we'll uh, chat that yeah on our next episode we'll bring we'll that review up. get back to you you know a little food for thought you can find us at thefantasyfam.com or on Twitter at thefantasyfam or on most podcast platforms, including iTunes and iHeartRadio. This is the Fantasy Fam signing off.